salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to Three Peas in a Pod, episode 204. And we made it. We did. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We yes. made it to 2020. It is the first podcast of the new year. It is? It is. So the question on everyone's mind is... Jason can read everyone's mind. Oh. See? That's not a question. What's your resolution for this company? Oh. I don't know. You know, we made resolutions as a staff in 2023. Yes, we did. So I'm going to guess at the first staff meeting in 2024, we're going to do the same thing. Yeah. That would be my guess. So I will have an answer at that point. you don't know that, you know, we have uh, our executive pastor, Mr. John, he made us all seal something in an envelope, which we all forgot. Yes. <laughs> yes. I remembered my resolution. I did not realize at the end of it we were going to read them out loud. I thought uh, I thought they were for us yes. personally. So I remember I writing. I knew one of them had to do with weight. Ah, and yes. I, well, you I, wrote four. Well, that's my nature. He's a high I, I love goals. Yeah. I love goals. And I had one. Yeah. And it was something I was going to do anyway. Yeah. Regardless <laughs> of the resolution, that was going to happen. I love goals. So did you achieve your weight? I got three. I, no, I did not get the weight one, but I got three. I got the, you other, get the three. other three. Okay. My guess is but your nature is you're going to try and tackle the weight one. I, now, yes, that's yes. exactly uh, right. Uh, that one's back on there, yep. and it's the goal. I want... This is really dangerous. Uh-oh. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that out loud because oh. I, I just don't want I don't want everyone to talk to me about Ed, it. Ed, you little tease. I, <laughs> I have never been caused that. <laughs> I'm a pretty straightforward person. You let us right up I to know. it, and everybody's like, I, oh, what's he gonna say? I almost did my normal thing of just saying stuff, and then I go, ah, I don't want to have this conversation for a long time. So we you know, because have- these things are always on the internet, and four years from now, somebody could bring it up to me and I'm like, I, I don't know what you're talking That's about. That's right. Well, the truth is, <laughs> if you're like me, you forget your resolution yeah. anyway, year to yeah. year. So, but you going to make any, Nathan? I probably will, but I at this point it is not 2024 and I've given no thought to no. it. So. You still have some time. I still got some time to figure it out. Usually, and what I did this year for for mine was in our on mission discipleship thing. We set aside, hey, what's the ble- what, we want to give a blessing away? We mm. want our lives to become a blessing. So we kind of set year long goals for that. And so I just used that mm-hmm. as my resolution. You guys and, are just so smart to put down things you're already going to do. Yeah. I don't. I don't do that. <laughs> set, the, set the bar real low. That's right. And you just jump right over. You know that. if. If you go, like, if we're in on mission and y'all say, what are you going to do? That's one I set. And then somebody else says, you're going to set one. I set another one. <laughs> and just set goals. There you Who go. cares if I hit them? No, I'm well, saying. I got three out of four. Well, That's did. pretty you good. pretty well. I'm pretty impressed with <laughs> yeah. that. That is good. Yes. That is good. So. And his life is significantly better this Well, year. in some ways, my life is better because of some of those. Well, there you go. Well, all right. Good for you, Ed. <laughs> we're so proud of you. <laughs> It's a Holy Spirit thing. I'm not going to take any credit for those things. All right. Well, today we have a uh, question from one of our... Are we calling this guy a super fan? Is he a super fan? He... In fact, I almost said that. uh, He said in the email, not super fan. Oh, he's not. But I think he's always listening. But we would... We would like you to be. Yeah, we, we're a super fan of his. We'll call oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. So a uh, faithful listener, Keith, yep. has brought us a question that he would like us to answer. Yes. And it's a really, it, this might get uh, the title of shortest question 
ever. But won't be shortest answer probably. Probably not. But this is a very short question. In fact, I'm, I don't even have to look it up. I don't. I didn't have it on a piece of paper. I can just tell you what it is go, right now. Go. Ready? Does God test us? Mm. Mm. That's a good question. Short and sweet. Yeah. Does God test I guess us? I'd, and I will say he did have a little bit of a tag. He said, and if so, how? Mm. How does he do that? It would depend on how you define the word testing. Yeah. There yeah. certainly is is segments in the Bible mm -hmm. where it is clear God is testing some people. He, in fact, yes. says in the Psalms that he tested the Israelites in the wilderness, mm -hmm. um, and uh, they failed that test. They failed. <laughs> and he said, those people never going to enter my rest. That's true. <laughs> so there are those places. Yeah. But, if what, but then there's other places where uh, James says God never tempts us. Mm. So is that the same thing? Well, that's what I'm asking. Never tempts us to evil. Correct. That's what I mean. So what I mean is I think there are some... So the difference between a test and a temptation is that a temptation is toward evil and a test is not. Yeah, I think that would be the... That'd Maybe. Be a, I don't know. That'd be a distinction I would make because here's what I mean is sometimes when people say, is God testing me? They'll say things like, you know, oh, there, there's a new attractive woman at my office now yeah. and God's testing me. Mm. He's testing my faithfulness. That sounds more like a temptation to me than a test. If that's what you mean, no, I do not think God well, tests Well, I'd us. also say, you know, there are attractive people everywhere. <laughs> and the fact that you just noticed and that somehow that's a temptation to you, there are many, many steps before that that mm -hmm. should have been corrected. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also important, I just thought of this as you were talking, that there are, there are a lot of things in our lives that I would call a test, but they didn't necessarily originate with God. Mm, oh, that's yeah. a good point. In, in that, I don't believe God intentionally placed it there as a as a test. But mm -hmm. I do think things are testing us all the time. Well, and maybe that's a distinction, too. Uh, you know, we have things like the Israelites. That's an interesting case. That's mm -hmm. God certainly was organizing that, mm -hmm. bringing mm -hmm. that about. He was the one leading them mm -hmm. through that. I guess you would have to then say, do we think that each of our individual lives are like the nation of Israel and that's that right. God is organizing each of our lives? Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's the way the Bible sort of indicates things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But don't you think that there are circumstances in our life that if we would lean into them as if this is this is a test for me to see oh. how faithful I am or how, how much I trust God or how, how, how much I'm willing to obey, that... God can use that as a way to not necessarily evaluate me because mm -hmm. I, I don't think that I don't think God needs to evaluate. God knows, but I think sometimes it's for my benefit. Oh yeah, I don't think right? any of the tests are for God's benefit. Yeah, no, I don't think it's for God to to figure something out. I do think though there is a level of the test actually does something to me. Mm -hmm. So what I mean is we oh, have me. an image. Mm -hmm. We have an image of testing from American school systems, which is testing is to reveal to the teacher what I know. Yeah, I have information. But the just so we're clear, originally, even in education, testing was to reveal to the teacher what they needed to teach. Sure. Okay. So either way, either <laughs> yeah. way, that's not the kind of testing that it, that's not the image of testing that we see in the Bible. The image of testing, in fact, there are, there are parts of it in that, is the way that you test uh, metals, or the way that right, you test yeah, gold right. to find out how pure the See, gold is. Up. You put it into the fire, and then after a certain amount of heat, the stuff that's not supposed to be there melts away, and what should be there 
is still mm -hmm. there, right? Yeah. And so that's often the idea of what this is. So I do think that there are times where we are in situations, maybe of our own making, mm -hmm. maybe God's intentionally working in the situation to make mm -hmm. it happen, where being in that period of testing, mm -hmm. right, depending on the way I handle the situation, my faith is stronger, my trusting God is stronger. Something comes out. And then there are other people like the Israelites in the wilderness who do not trust God in the midst of the situation, don't uh, follow God. They, As that whole scripture goes out, it's brought up again in Hebrews, they harden their hearts. Mm -hmm. They don't listen and respond to God. And therefore, they now have turned away from God. And I think I've seen that in people's lives where they go through a situation. Now, once again, if, is the question, is God orchestrating it? I don't know, and I don't even know if that's our place to figure out. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to look at a situation and say, God's behind this, God's not behind it. Yeah, I don't think you can know that. What Romans seems to point to is that God is in the midst of all circumstances, working things out. And what I found out interesting is N.T. Wright, who someone yeah, would love. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. That makes awesome. up the point that it's not working things out for, uh, it works out things for good, and then we say for those who love him. But he says a better translation is to say he works things out for the good with those who love him, that it is this cooperation we're working together. Well, I think, you know, uh, I don't want to get into that. I love that translation. That's in his new mm -hmm. commentary mm -hmm. on Romans. Uh, yeah. But I don't want to get into that. I do think, I, you know, there are things in the Bible that are clearly always talked about as a test. Money is a test. Sure. Money, money is always presented as a test of how we will use it. Will, mm -hmm. will it lead me to be obedient to God with what he's done? Will I use it as something that shows his ownership over whatever he's given me? Or will I begin to claim it as my own, which already means I failed the test? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I take the things I have that have been blessed to me, and he, man, it's almost... Um, I don't know, a cliche these days, people go, how you doing? I'm blessed. But they live as if they earned. Correct. <laughs> not, not right. as, I didn't, I'm not blessed with this stuff. Yeah. I am earned, I earned everything I have. And I just say blessed because mm -hmm. it's a cliche mm -hmm. that you say when, when you're a God person. But if you really believe you're blessed, then everything I'm blessed with does not belong to me. It was mm -hmm. given to me. And therefore, it's a stewardship test. Mm -hmm. Leadership is a test. Mm -hmm. It's a yep. test of, I'm, I've been given this stewardship. I won't get, whatever I lead, I will not be leading forever. Mm -hmm. And don't you find, so you take leadership, you take money. I think you could take parenting. Parenting and is thing. also a stewardship. That well, is, I was going to make a point that okay. uh, James says that trials are a test. Yes. Well, that's I what I was going to say, trials, trials, trials are, a, are a test. Yes. And in those same sections in James, because is that James 1 where he James says 1, that? James 1, that's what I was looking up. In that same part, he talks about patience produces... Uh, perseverance. Perseverance and perseverance mm -hmm. and produces character. There's a whole... You can yeah. probably read it. Yeah, it's right here, yeah. Consider it joy when you face all tri trials of many kinds. You know that the, that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Then let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking mm -hmm. anything. That 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 there what there may be something I lacked yes. before I went through the test. I think I would say there is a way in which, as a parent, being Whoa. placed in situations as a test, mm -hmm. that wasn't within me. The test produced that within me. Well, I've said I've said in on this podcast and in many different conversations 
marriage and parenting are the biggest spiritual growth things I've ever had happen in my life, which going by what he said, they have produced in me things that I wouldn't have. So you could look at them as trials. And there have been yes. period, there have been definite days and weeks where marriage was a trial. Yes. Well, I, I would <laughs> and say parenting was a trial. I would say a trial and a test is a very thin line between the Ooh, two of those. Yeah, I was right. any. I was going to bring up that, and I don't know if it's in T. Rice. There's another translation. I pray the the Lord's prayer every day, and I just pray the actual word. So I like to come up with different trains to find different ones. Mm. Some of the people, you know, when you get to uh, lead us not into temptation. Some people translate as lead us not into the trial. Mm -hmm. Some people say lead us not into the troubles. Some people say lead us not into the testing. Mm -hmm. Right. That that what that and I've heard some translators say that what you're actually praying for in that moment is God, you don't if you could, don't make today harder than it needs to be. Right. My kid, I know you might maybe when my kid acts up, I'd like to see that as and this is the way I try to see it. Maybe God is providing me an opportunity here. Instead of looking at this child of mine and saying, you're a problem and I need to fix this problem. I'm going to look at it, like we said, I don't know that God's orchestrating any of those mm -hmm. things. I choose to look at it as God is giving me an opportunity here for me to grow in patience or for me to grow in mercy or for me to grow in whatever. And it allows me in that moment, when I enter that way, to actually then love this person and something changes in me. Because I think a lot of parents I know who, you know, have really grown a lot through their parenting. At some point, I think everyone has some child that you're really trying to fix a problem or you're trying to, you know, help them grow or however you say it. And you keep banging your head against the wall. You're frustrating them. You're frustrating yourself. And at some point, you have to kind of go, you know what? I can't keep doing this the way I would naturally do it because I'm doing damage to them and I'm doing damage to me. If I'm going to love them properly, I'm going to have to change my approach. I'm going to have to do something different. Well, that actually produced something in me that wouldn't have been there if that trial, if that thing wouldn't, if that person hadn't presented themselves. Like you said, marriage is a similar way. Well, as I was just sitting here and thinking, it, it really comes down to all circumstances of life, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Give me opportunities. So if God, every, if what God wants from me is trust, which I'm convinced that's what God wants. God sure. wants to be trusted, and he wants us to trust him. Mm -hmm. That every time I have an opportunity, which happens in every situation, uh, it happens, you know, when I'm sitting somewhere and I could tell the absolute truth or I could shade it just to make myself look a little bit better or mm. to manipulate the other person in a little bit way instead of just saying the words and let what happens happens. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a trial. That's right. That, that's oh, a yeah. test. Mm -hmm. All the way to I find out that I have some disease that may take my life. Well, that's a trial too. Sure. But in those situations, it comes down to do I trust that the all-sufficient God revealed to us by Jesus, who doesn't need anything from me but wants everything for me, has created a place where whatever circumstances I am in, I am perfectly okay. Mm -hmm. From whether I have a disease that may take my life in a month to I'm in a situation where this person, if I tell them everything, they're going to have a reaction. I don't want to deal with the reaction, so I shade it a little bit. Mm -hmm. All of that is a, a test of whether... I can be trusted, and do I trust? Yeah. 
Yeah, I 100% agree. And and you just said, if I can see the situation with my kid, well, the truth is, if I can get to the place where I walk with God, I can look at every situation that way. That's right. Well, and I think that's the point. I think that's why the uh, author of Hebrews, we don't know who it is, right? Uh, But the author of Hebrews brings up this psalm. uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's Psalm 100 or Psalm 101. It's somewhere around there. We just read it in our prayer time the other day. Mm -hmm. and there's that part where he says, so don't harden your hearts like the people did in the wilderness. Right. Don't harden your hearts like them. And Hebrews takes that to say, hey, you're going through this really difficult. They were most likely under intense persecution from the way that the uh, writing is. And there were people that were falling away from their faith. And the writer of Hebrews is trying to get them to say, hey, look at even these circumstances and don't harden your heart. Every day is an opportunity for, for you to hear from God and to do what he says or to say I'm not. So you gave the example of I'm, I'm with my kid or I'm at work and someone is just really, fr- I think my boss is putting too much on me or they blame me for a thing. If in that moment, instead of reacting the way I naturally would, I would take a moment and say, God, how would you have me handle this? And then wherever I feel the spirit leading, if I don't harden my heart, something gets produced within me when I follow what he says. But there's another problem. If I don't, every time it gets a little harder. It gets a little, and it's a little harder to break. And I said to one of my daughters, this is actually something you said to me as a kid, and I've kept it forever of, you know, your heart is a little bit like a concrete mixer. And when you're little, everything's real soft because everything's moving and everything's changing. And the older you get, things start to harden, right? And so I said to her, I said, if, if you start letting in these evil thoughts and these evil behaviors in, those are the things that harden. And it's not that God can't come in. But he's going to have to come in and bust up some concrete, and it's going to hurt. Yeah. When he comes in, it's not going to feel as good when he comes. So it's not saying if you harden your heart, God can never break it up. It's just to say when he's got to break it up and pour new concrete, it's going to take a jackhammer. Well, it just gets more difficult the next time. That's yes. right. for, for me. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Right. Because God only comes where he's invited. Mm-hmm. And at any point that even if I say to God, God, I really want you to break up these these things, these habits, this stuff I have, in the moment of him breaking it up, if I go, whoa, 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 this hurts too much, stop. Yeah. God's a gentleman. Yes. Yeah, that's right. He, he, does. I'm he not stops keep at the moment. Yeah. And that's all a part of us trusting. We have this thought, I think, that we can, uh, you know, pray stuff and not really mean it. And God just will, you know, so don't pray for patience. Well, if you don't want patience, Pray for it all you want to. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't, God ain't going to give you some situation where you have to become patient. Because mm-hmm. I've watched lots of people that needed patience in situations that didn't get none. Yeah. No. You know, because God just doesn't force anything on us. That's right. I think a lot of us have this um, mentality about our own hearts um, that is, I, I always relate it back to like King Arthur that we're, that you know the the story of King Arthur is there's one person who's pure in heart right who can pull the sword from the stone mm-hmm. they're just the right person and that God knows who are the people who are just pure in heart he can just because God sees the heart he knows mm-hmm. and so there are these people like we come in just really good and pure in heart and occasionally we make bad decisions and mess things up and it gets worse and then there are some people I guess who are just terrible in heart I don't know that's kind of the thought <laughs> our hearts are things that are formed our hearts. Yes. Our hearts come in, and if you look at even the book of Genesis, the way that they, the, 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 the scripture kind of looks at Adam and Eve and that 
is that they're almost childlike. They get deceived by the serpent. They're not these evil people ready to just break God's commands. They're just deceived because they're foolish and that mostly God's commands to Israel and that is he keeps coming to you guys are foolish you're 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 stubborn in heart it's not necessarily this idea I'm looking to do evil things it's that my heart is just not properly formed and that if I come in and I allow bad hardening of my heart or these bad decisions that forms my heart in a direction towards a thing but we have seen you know, people who grow up, I know you've already used the example of my mother, your wife, of growing up and from a young age, people helping her to shape her heart in such a way that as she grew, she responded to the spirit leading, not to say that she got everything perfect or everything right, but there is a different trajectory that heart takes than a heart that just goes the opposite direction. And so sometimes when we look at these testing, we think, well, God already knows I'm pure in heart, so I don't even have to do the thing. No, that's not the nature of it. No. What God is, what God, God is not surprised necessarily by what we do or don't do. But I do think God is giving us these situations to form our hearts in certain ways, so we become the kind of people, as you said, one that can trust God, but that He, he can, can trust. trust, that He can look at and say, "Oh, that's a person I can count on. That's yeah. a person." Because isn't it true? Every time you pass a test, like we said, you're not teaching God anything but you have taught yourself something Mm -hmm. about yourself. And now the next time something similar or even something a little more difficult comes along, if I've passed the previous test, it does get easier. Uh, That's right. I can be more confident. I can say that from my experience. And Mm -hmm. that's 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 a long obedience in the same direction Mm -hmm. thing that we talk about around here. If if I do stay consistent, and I I don't pass every test, but if I just start to consistently knock some out, (laughs) it gets... I'll say this, I'll use an example from my life. Um, I knew early on as a dad that it was very important that I be honest enough with my children to admit when I was wrong mm-hmm. and uh, seek their forgiveness when I messed up as a parent. Mm-hmm. And I can remember there was certain periods of time in my parenting that I, I bypassed those. Mm-hmm. I knew I was wrong, but I didn't want to say it because I was afraid right. and I was ashamed. So I didn't say it. And I noticed the less I said it, the harder it got to say. And so finally, I just steeled it up one day, and I'm like, I'm going to just suck it up. I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to sit on my daughter's bed in her room, and I'm just going to lay it bare. And I did. And I remember the next time I made a mistake, mm-hmm. it was easier the next time. That's right. Because of the way it went and the way she received me and the way that I felt that I was growing in Christ likeness, And so... It began to get easier to the point where I'm not saying it just flows out of me all the time, but it's way easier than it used to be because right. I, I'm just I've become I've become more real. That's right. <laughs> and 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 I don't mean that in the sense of being fully transparent. I, I mean it in the sense of I believe I'm becoming a more real person. That's right. That 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 God designed me to be. And so passing tests. My mm-hmm. point is passing tests helps you to pass tests. Mm-hmm. That's right. It it is a help along your way, and I think that's what God intends for them to be. It's these these things that spur us on. That's right to become the people He wants us to be. Yeah, and I think we tend to look at and you know, I think people want to talk about trials and tests, and they're generally thinking about some big situation. Mm-hmm. The truth is, we're all having tests and trials of yeah. our trust in God. All along the way, yeah. just all along the way, and 
the more you pass those, you have more confidence he can be trusted. And it doesn't seem to correlate any that if I can do this right and trust him that I'm going to be okay, I'm just going to do what you say, even though everybody else didn't do it, even though it doesn't make sense to me, that along the way, when I get to the big ones that are really scary, because that's, I mean, I, I, I think most of the time, the thing that keeps us from passing tests or failing at tests is fear. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're, we're afraid. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in this situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I lose my temper and try to power up instead of doing the other thing, mm-hmm. you know, I, or I'm, I hold on to something that I should give away. Mm-hmm. Or, and in that fear behind that, it's that lack of trust you were that's talking right. about. Yeah. Fear is it's just all lack of that. Trust. That's what that is. It's just yeah. lack of trust. If I'm, you know, again, if, if I'm with God and I'm convinced God is absolutely with me and that I'm going to live life with God forever, that I am already currently living life with God forever. That's mm-hmm. right. That I am already mm-hmm. living life with God forever. Mm-hmm. He is never, ever going to leave me or mm-hmm. forsake me. Then I don't have anything to be afraid of. I can right. just do what he says, trusting that it's right. Yep. But all of us have those things along the way. And you just have to pass the one that's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get that one, there is another one coming. Oh, yeah. I think, unfortunately, we don't see them. Mm-hmm. I don't see that uh, learning to drive on the highway without being thinking everybody's an idiot mm-hmm. uh, is is a test. It's a right. test. Yeah. That, that leads you to other things yes. that, that will come if you'll just trust him enough to pass yes. that test. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because I can tell you that there are little things that were they seemed like huge things when I was younger and m- less mature in faith. I'm not saying I'm fully mature yet. Right. <laughs> but back in those days that looking back at them now, I go, why was that so hard for you? Right. But at the time, it was huge. Yeah. Because I had not quite grown to the level that I fully believed what you just talked about, that God was with me and I was completely safe and mm-hmm. and I wasn't going to be making myself so vulnerable that harm would come to me yeah. emotionally or positionally or any of those things. I didn't understand that and I didn't trust it. Today I look back at that and I go, "Well, that's easy." Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's that's not hard. Now, are there some there are some that I'm dealing with now that are real hard. They for me. feel really difficult. And I'm hoping I can't wait for the day that I can look on those and go Oh, those are easy now too. Yeah. And if I can, I'll know that I'm I have actually progressed in that long obedience direction. I was having a conversation with one of my um, daughters the other day, and I think this was a thought I was having as we were talking about this, how important it is. And I think we as parents, we forget this in the moment. Um, we we somehow think our, our primary job is to protect our kids or even um, to you know, make sure they get a good job. And we think preparing them for life is about producing the correct skills. And all those things happen. But my experience, at least, has been, uh, even just as a youth minister watching kids, those things often kind of take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids kind of figure those things out. Often in preparing them, a lot of it is my job is to try and help them with the tests that are in front of them, using our language for today. The yeah. situations, the tests, the things that are in front of them in such a way that they realize how would God want me to handle this. So I was having a conversation with one of my daughters. Just, I mean, just she just lost her temper, and it was bad. It was ugly. It was not good. Everyone in the house was upset about it, and I was sitting with her afterwards. It took her a long time to admit she was wrong for the way she behaved. It was a whole thing. 
And I just sat with her and, you know, how it gets eventually when you have my girls are all in the preteen teen years and, you know, everything's world ending. I don't even know why my life is the way it is and it'll never, you know, all the kind of big emotions everyone yeah. has at those age, right? Yep. Yep. And when you're a parent, it's a little freaky. Not just at that age. No, that's oh, yeah. true. Not just at that age. Yeah. They certainly heighten at that yeah. age in a certain way. And so I sat with her, you know, as she's talking this, and this is, what, this is the way I said it on what you, using what you just said right there. I said to her, look, Yes, you should have chosen something different this time. Yes, you should. But you know that better now. Then I said, the problem is not that you're bad. The problem is that you're little. The problem is that you're little. And when you're little, you don't always think everything through. But the good news is you're not going to be little forever. (laughs) And I said, but I said, and so if you continue to follow Jesus and when you make a mistake, you look at it, you say, oh, here's how I could do it better. Because the word she even said to me is about, it was about a specific situation I won't get into, but she basically said, the way you're telling me to handle this, I've tried it, it doesn't work. And I said, if what you mean is it doesn't work because the other person doesn't do what you want them to do, you're correct. Mm-hmm. But if what you mean is it doesn't work because it doesn't make me look like Jesus, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And I said, it does make you look, and it makes, I said, and that other person who did the wrong thing that you got so upset about, they're still wrong. But when you did what you did, you were wrong too. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about this is you could be on the right side of it, testing, mm-hmm. right? And so I said, if you keep making, I said, you won't stay little forever. I said, but I promise you this, I, I sit with people and they're in their 40s and they're in their 50s and they don't realize it, they're still little. And they don't know it because the way you just acted towards your sister, they're acting towards their wife Mm -hmm. or their husband or their grandchildren. Or a random person who turned the wrong direction or too slow or too fast on the highway. And I said, because when they convinced themselves when they were little, that way doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Forgiving people doesn't work. Being patient with people doesn't work. And it's a test. And so I would say this to anyone who's a parent who's listening. This is a big part of what it is to be a parent, is to sit with those tests to help them begin to identify, oh, that voice in me that said, don't yell at this person or don't call them a mean name or don't X, Y, and Z. That was the voice of God. I should have not hardened my heart. I should have listened and followed. That's what we're doing. Instead of coming after the fact and going, you're so selfish and you're so cruel. You know, you can't ever get this, which is natural. I've done the same thing. I think we've all done it. Mm -hmm. But to sit on the other side and say, this is just immaturity. You know, you heard the voice of God. You just chose not to listen to it. Well, and I think, you know, one of the things I wish I had taught, I didn't teach my kids this and they had to learn it on their own, and I'm sure are still learning it. I'm still learning it at my age. Is that in those moments of testing, if I'm a follower of Jesus, I do have someone to help me. Mm. I, but again, I have to ask for it. Uh, I can in those moments, even when I hear the voice either of my conscience or the Holy Spirit, I can say, Holy Spirit, help me to do this. Mm. Holy Spirit, this, I'm afraid. Holy Spirit, this doesn't make sense to me. Holy Spirit, He is our advocate. He is our helper. He is our God. We aren't doing it alone ever, except when we decide not to do what He wants us to mm. do. And then I am totally on my own. Mm. <laughs> 
And you failed. <laughs> I failed. Yes. I failed. If I can do it yeah. with him, I'll be okay. Well, I feel like we can talk about this for it's a huge another topic. 30 it minutes. Because it is a huge topic. But, man, I appreciate, Keith, thank you for the yeah, opportunity absolutely. to have that conversation. I'm not sure we've had that in that Mm-mm. that vein quite before. So, uh, And I'm not sure we got really clear on the last part. So I'm going to say we yeah. did talk about it. Yeah. You, you said, how does he test us? Every cent- every mm-hmm. moment where you can obey or disobey is a test. Yes. yes, yes. And I think we said it earlier, but I want to get back because I know there are people who sit on this. Even though every moment is a test, God is not behind every single circumstance. Mm-hmm. What Romans points to is God is using every circumstance. I do believe there are some that God causes, oh, yeah. and there's you many that He doesn't. You just can't know which ones they are. Yes, you should not look at your cancer or your bad state and say God gave me this or God took this person from my life. That is not a helpful way. That we just don't know. Well, we don't might, know. You're, you might be impugning God's character, and Correctly. you don't even know it. You didn't. Yes. You just. You shouldn't say what you know God did unless he told you he did it. But okay. those moments, as we've said, they are a test. It just doesn't mean they necessarily come from God. Yep. He decided to give this bad thing to you in this way. So I think okay. that's an important distinction. Good distinction. All right. So that's it for this week. Great question. Send us more questions. Link is in the description to reach out to us and uh, guide our conversation in the weeks to come. We do have a few on tap, so we will be getting to those uh, coming real soon. Thank you guys for the ones you are sending in. Keep it up. We appreciate it. And we'll see you next week.